Well, good evening, everybody. Welcome to our services this evening. Good to have you all here with us. Let's begin by standing together and getting our hymnals out, our blue hymn books. And we're going to turn to hymn 505. Let's stand together as we sing hymn number 505, Love Lifted Me. We can't sit, sing this one sitting down. you got to stand for this one. 505, Love Lifted Me. We'll sing all three verses together this evening of hymn number 505. some fun this evening. Love lifted me. Whenever you hear that word, lift it. If you are able to, lift up just a little bit. If you need to push yourself up on the pew, that's fine. I will be right here pushing myself up uh, on the uh, uh, pulpit here. But let's sing it together on that second verse. When we hear that word lifted, let's lift up as much as we can on that second verse. together but before we do brother Jim had a really good idea with what he was doing instead of doing this he just went this and lifted his head and, and see for uh, that shouldn't be too awful difficult so let's sing it on that if you got to just lift your head then lift your head a little bit let's have some fun this evening singing out on that last verse together on the third absolutely perfect the only problem is is if we do it when you're lifting your head you lose your spot while you're singing so then you got to try and find your spot and you lose your spot anyhow let's open our service this evening in a word of prayer let's bow together heavenly father god i thank you 
Lord, that we're able to come together, Lord, and, and enjoy our time together. Lord, whoever said that the Christian life wasn't fun, that we couldn't have fun in church, Lord, they'd never been to a good old-fashioned Baptist church before. Lord, we, uh, we love you, and we are glad that we get to serve you today, Lord, and I pray that we'd strive to serve you better on a daily basis, Lord. I pray that you'd be with, meet with us this evening, Lord, and open hearts as we begin to uh, study your word, Lord, and as we praise your name, uh, and as we sing praises to you this evening, Lord. Uh, Lord, we love you. We thank you for all that you do for us. In your name I pray. Amen. You may be seated again. Thank you for being with us uh, this evening. Wonderful song to get us started off with this evening. Got a few announcements for you. Uh, everybody who is here right now was here this morning. Uh, so you already know all of uh, what we talked about for Vision uh, Sunday and looking at the vision and the goals for this year. Uh, but I'd just like to remind everybody of just a few events coming up, of course, for all the men. Please remember that February the 3rd, uh, this coming Saturday at 8.30, is our men's prayer breakfast. So uh, please make sure you're there for that. There will also be, of course, a trustee meeting directly following. So men, be prepared for that and uh, be ready for that meeting on the 3rd. And then the ladies' meeting, led by Mrs. Harris, will be uh, this coming Saturday as well at 1 o'clock. Now, uh, again, this is in addition to the ladies' Bible study this coming Thursday. So we will still have ladies Bible study at 12 o'clock. So of course all the ladies are invited for that. We'll also have our ladies meeting uh, on this coming Saturday as well at one o'clock in the afternoon. And uh, I believe Mrs. Harris said there was going to be a snack or either pie or cake or something. Anyhow, so she's, uh, she's bribing everybody, right? She's got to get the pies out and the, and the cookies and the ice cream. No, she's not going to do that. No, uh, that's how I bribe her to, um, um, to get Give me a kiss at some point. I don't know. I'm 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 off my game. I'm sorry. I, I lost it. I was I was on a roll. <laughs> I was on a roll and then I lost it. I'm sorry. I knew where I was going and then it just drove off right off the side of the cliff. Man, we're having a good time at church tonight. I'm sorry. Wow. <laughs> Okay, who's going to come and preach for us tonight? <laughs> oh my goodness. Anyhow, let's move on <laughs> if we can. Anyhow, so then we've got our Valentine's banquet coming up on the 10th. And again, it's a surprise, so shh, don't tell anybody about it. Uh, it is going to be a wonderful evening. I'm excited about it. I'm excited to see what the menu is going to be. I'm excited to see uh, what's going to happen. I don't know anything about it. I was just told to show up. And that's it. And uh, but I am excited about it. And, and if it goes well this year, then we'll do it every year. If it goes not very good, then you can blame it all on March. Amen. Uh, <laughs> see, I can blame something on you. Everything else gets blamed on me. So I'll just blame this one on you. OK, uh, but anyhow, the Valentine's Day, I'm excited about it. It's going to be a wonderful time. Uh, you do not have to come with a significant other. Just come by yourself, have a good time uh, here at the church at 3 o'clock on February the 10th. Uh, and also the ladies, again, are reminded to please turn in your prayer partner forms to Marge, whether tonight or Wednesday. Please make sure you get that to her. If you have not gotten one and you would like one, reach out to Marge and she will give you the information for that. Uh, please get that filled out as well. Uh, but that's all the announcements that I have for today. Let's move on to our next hymn, hymn number 460, all the way. My Savior leads me in your blue hymnals, hymn number 460, all the way, my Savior leads me. 
We'll sing it together this evening. Hymn number 460. truly does. He leads us uh, every day, and if we let him, sorry, he will lead us, and uh, he will lead us down the path that he has for us into wonderful, uh, wonderful things. Well, uh, let's take our offering at this time. If I can have a few uh, men come forward to take up the offering this evening. Again, this is just another opportunity that we get to give back to God as he has given to us. And uh, again, I want to thank everybody for their uh, faithfulness in giving uh, over the past many weeks. And uh, it is wonderful to see that our uh, furnace fund is beginning to fill up and we're beginning to get that uh, project taken care of. So again, thank you for your faithfulness uh, to the Lord in that. So let's have a word of prayer for our offering. Brother Jim, would you say a prayer? Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for bringing us back together again to meet as a family and to worship you all together, Lord. It's truly an honor every time we can come into your house. Thank you for the smile that you put on our face today, and we thank you for the good service that we had earlier, Lord. I, I ask that you stay in our lives this week and, and continue to bless us, and I ask uh, this evening that you give the pastor the wisdom to give us your word, Lord, your pure word, nothing but your word, Lord. And I ask to bless this gift right now that we give back, that you so graciously give us. I ask that you bless the gift and the giver. In Jesus' name, amen.
Thank you for that wonderful, wonderful song. His name is wonderful. Jesus, my Lord, I love that song. Well, at this time, we're going to do something just a little bit different with our uh, evening service. We're going to move to a little bit of a something different. We've done this in the past, and I've thoroughly enjoyed it. And uh, we're going to do the same thing again uh, this evening. So what I'm going to get you to do is turn in your hymnals to hymn number 338 and remain seated. And uh, I'm going to do something. Again, I've done this before. And we're going to look at and we're going to read the story behind the hymns, the story behind the hymns and what uh, it was that took place in the person's life who wrote the song. And uh, so that's what we're going to do this evening. So hymn number 338, the title of the song is At Calvary. At Calvary. That is the name uh, of the song. So I'm just going to read this. Uh, this is what uh, somebody put together, the story of the hymn. It says here, the Moody Bible Institute is still graduating young men and women to serve the Lord today as it has done for over a hundred years. It was D.L. Moody who realized the importance of raising up the next generation to carry the gospel and thus founded this school. Moody chose his friend and co-worker, Dr. R.A. Torrey, to be the first president of the institute. In 1905, Dr. Torrey shared a, shared a story about a rebellious teenager who eventually became the inspiration for the writing of that grand old hymn at Calvary. The story goes like this. When I was a president of the Moody Bible Institute, I received a letter from a very concerned pastor who told me of a son who was causing himself and his family a great deal of trouble. His life was really mixed and uh, his life was really mixed, and the father felt that attendance at Moody would help. I advised the father that even though I sympathized with him, for I was a father, yet because I was running a Bible school and not a reform school, I had to deny his request. After many letters of pleading his case, I finally gave in with the stipulation that the rebellious teen must see me each day and make every effort to abide by the rules and requirements of the Institute. Tory went on to say that this boy faithfully visited his office each day, and with wisdom from God's word, he answered the questions that had been keeping him from God. Finally, after many months of counseling, the prayers of the, of the boy's father were answered when young William R. Newell received Jesus Christ as his personal Savior. Thirty years later, as a teacher at Moody, Mr. Newell was recounting those turbulent years as a rebellious teen, and he was rejoicing in his salvation. The words of a poem flooded his mind. His mind was filled with a word picture of what had happened in his life and also in the lives of those who surrender to Christ. The new man in Christ could now write the words that we sing in hymn number 338 at Calvary. So let's sing it uh, together this evening. We're just going to sing the first and the last of hymn number 338. Think about the story behind it as we sing the words. Thank you. 
song gives a little bit of a different meaning once you know the story behind it. And uh, to think of this young man who went through uh, so much trouble. Honestly, uh, hearing about, and I had never read the story uh, until today when I began to uh, compile things for this, but I had never read the story of this song and, and who William Newell was, but it really, uh, it's, he's, he seems to be somebody that I could relate to very uh, very, very well. Uh, just with turbulent years in my life and even reading the first verse of the song, years I spent in vanity and pride, caring not my Lord was crucified, knowing not it was for me he died on Calvary. But what, isn't it a wonderful thing that even though maybe we did spend years in vanity and pride and uh, without a care in the world about who God was or what he did for me, isn't it wonderful that even then he still died for me? He still paid for my sin. What a wonderful story behind that hymn. Let's turn to another hymn. Let's turn to hymn number, let's see, hymn number 216. Hymn number 216, Christ Arose. Christ Arose. Hymn number 216. 216. Okay. Well, here's the, this is a bit of a, it gives a little bit of a backstory on the, uh, the writer of the hymn and then gives a bit of the backstory as well of uh, the uh, setting in which he wrote this hymn. So born in Philadelphia in 1846, Robert Lowry would eventually become a graduate of Bucknell University and pastor many important Baptist churches in Philadelphia, New Jersey, New York City, and Brooklyn. The preaching of God's Word would be his main interest throughout his life, but he did have a second love. That was the study of music and hymnology. During the course of his life, he would write, Shall we gather at the river, nothing but the blood, and supply the music for marching to Zion, I need thee every hour, and many other great hymns of the faith. Together, all of this would lead him to, writing, uh, to the writing of a hymn for Easter. That evening of 1874, Pastor Lowry was reading again the account of Christ's resurrection found in Luke 24, verses 6 through 8, where it says, He is not here, for he is risen. Soon, Robert Lowry found himself at the pump organ in the parlor of his home, and in a matter of minutes, the good pastor had completed the words and the music of a new hymn. Twenty-five years later, the author realized firsthand the glorious truth of his Easter hymn when God would take him home to heaven. Because Christ arose and lives forever with his saints to reign, there is hope for all who believe in the, in the Christ of the gospel. This is the message of Easter, which is found in this song, hymn number 216, Christ Arose. Let's sing the first and the last together this evening of Christ Arose. Now, yeah, this is it. Let's sing it together on the first. Oh, 
it kind of interesting that we're singing songs that were written back, you know, hundreds of years ago, yet they still remain relevant today, don't they? Christ arose. Man, that message will never not be relevant today. Amen. Uh, well, there's one more that we're going to look at. Hymn number 47. Hymn number 47. God will take care of you. God will take care of you. So it was Art Linkletter who truly understood the simplicity that children have when it comes to everyday life. Have you ever heard uh, of the program Kids Say the Darndest Things? That everybody ever, ever, I have never heard of it before. Never in my life. And now you're going to think, man, you young whippersnapper, you, you've never heard of that show. I haven't. I bet you could ask Mrs. Harris. She probably wouldn't know. Do you know it? No. Okay, of course. Okay, so is it, is it just my generation then that, that wouldn't know? Do you know what that, have you ever heard of that show? Oh, man. So it really is. I'm completely alone here. Me and Mrs. Harris and Olivia are the only ones that have never heard of that. But anyhow, so this it was, of course, if you know what it was, then it was, a, you know, it was a nationwide uh, hit and the kids were the stars. Of course, what they had to say launched them to this stardom. Children have a special way of seeing past all the things that complicate our lives as adults. The ifs and buts are overlooked, and simple childlike faith takes their place. The hymn, God Will Take Care of You, was written because of this childlike faith, and the story goes like this. William Martin was a traveling evangelist back in the early 1900s and was spending some time at the Practical Bible Training School in Leicestershire, now Johnson City, New York. On one particular Sunday, he was scheduled to speak in a church many miles from the school. As he was preparing to leave, his wife, Sevilla, became quite ill, and Mr. Martin felt he should cancel his engagement. As the Martins debated what to do, their young daughter, perhaps seven or eight years old, had the answer when she said, Oh, Daddy, you don't have to stay home because of Mother. God will take care of us. Dr. Martin followed his daughter's words of encouragement and went on to the church service, which proved to be a good one. Later that morning, he received word from his wife saying, All is well. God did take care of us. The words of the Martin's daughter had a profound effect on Mrs. Martin's heart as a mother, and by the end of the day, as a writer, too. By the time Mr. Or Dr. Martin arrived home, his wife had written a poem. That poem, God Will Take Care of You, would go down in the books with Sevilla Martin as the author and into the hymnals with William Martin as the composer. But in reality, it was simple, childlike faith that gave birth to the song that has supplied needed comfort for over a hundred years now. Maybe trusting in God isn't as complicated as we adults like to think it is. Let's sing it together. We'll sing the first, uh, first and the last together. God will take care. Hit number 47. Let's sing the first and the last together this evening.
Uh, wouldn't it be wonderful if sometimes with, uh, with our own faith we could just kind of turn back the clock a little bit and uh, make it to when we were younger and haven't seen so much of the world and uh, we could just have the faith and just say, hey, uh, doesn't the, uh, I know that we're going to have a time in, in our life when Natasha is just going to say, well, why are you guys worrying? You know, it's just, it, God's going to take care of you. God's going to take care of it. Wouldn't it be wonderful if we all just had that same level of faith just as these uh, little children do? And uh, it's always interesting to teach Sunday school or teach junior church or uh, things like that and to just see the faith in these young children. But uh, anyhow, I always enjoy uh, going through and, and uh, looking at some of these hymns that we sing so often, but we don't really know the story behind them. And I absolutely love going uh, and looking at that. Psalm 118. Let's, uh, let's get right into the preaching this evening. Psalm 118, beginning in verse number 19, is where we will begin this evening. Psalm 118, uh, beginning in verse number 19. We have been spending quite a few weeks now uh, on this subject of the fundamentals of faithfulness. Over the past few weeks, we've looked at the fundamental of faith. How faith is needed to be faithful. Uh, we looked at action and how action was needed, and we're going to be got to put uh, feet to our faith and 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 go and and work and do what God has called for us to do if we're going to be faithful. This evening we have spent a lot of time in the hymnal. We've spent a lot of time singing, and that was on purpose. Uh, that was not an accident. I wanted to spend a, a quite a bit of time in the hymnal tonight uh, in preparation for the message, thinking about this uh, idea of faithfulness and the fundamentals of faithfulness. This evening, I'd like to bring to you the fundamental of faithfulness, which is praise. Praise. If we are to be faithful to God, we not only need to have faith, we not only need to be active in serving Him, but we also must keep our praise. We must praise Him. This evening it's been wonderful. We've sung some uh, wonderful songs together. Love lifted me. Uh, we've, sung, uh, we've also sung All the Way, My Savior Leads Me. We've sung uh, a few other ones. God Will Take Care of You at Calvary. Uh, we've sung quite a few different songs this evening. And all of these songs should be sung in praise to God. When we sing a song like At Calvary, it should be sung, uh, you know, thinking about my years of, of not being faithful to God or my years of not being saved and now thinking about uh, my uh, just praise be to God that I am now saved and I'm on my way to heaven. That is how our singing should be. Uh, when we think about a song uh, like God will take care of you, uh, we should be praising God in that because isn't it wonderful that God takes care of you? Isn't it a wonderful thing to know that you've got an advocate with the Father up in heaven? Isn't it wonderful as we sing uh, a song like, Love lifted me, uh, the song like, I was sinking deep in sin, far from the peaceful shore, very deeply stained within, sinking to rise no more. But the master of the sea heard my despairing cry, from the waters lifted me, now safe am I. As we sing a song like that, it shouldn't be sung uh, in a way where it's just a bunch of words that were written back in 1870-something uh, that some writer wrote that sound great. And man, we can get a little bit excited and we can have some fun with the song while we sing it. But as we sing it, it should be all sung in praise to Him. Those songs as we sing, that's why I want to read to you the story of how it was written and, and the heart in which it was written and how God was working in the life of the penmen as they wrote these songs is because I don't want them to just be a bunch of words on a piece of paper to you. I want them to be praised to your God. 
I want it to be a time when, uh, when we sing, and we only sing maybe three or four songs on Sunday morning. Uh, man, it should be uh, those times of singing, should be times of praise and worship to God. And if we sing a song like, like Victory in Jesus, man, I love that song. That's one of my favorite songs, singing about the victorious life that we can live in Christ. It's not just singing about uh, those three words, victory in Jesus. It's not just talking about those three words. It's talking about what that means for me and what that means for my life. And it should be sung uh, in all seriousness, singing it to God. The Bible talks about singing and making melody in your hearts to the Lord. It's not for those who are around you. It's not uh, so that the person next to you can hear uh, how wonderful your, your operatic singing voice is. And uh, I don't know if we have anybody that sings loud enough to be considered operatic in the way they sing. Uh, but it, either way, it, it's not for the person next to you. It's not for your pastor. Uh, even when we sing special music this morning, uh, uh, Miss Virginia and I sang special music. It was not for, uh, it was of course to, uh, of course, send a message to everybody that we were, what we were singing, the words were to mean something, but it was not sung for you. It was sung for God. It was sung all for Him. It was sung in praise to Him. Maybe uh, it stirred something in your heart as you heard it, but it's all for Him. It's all in praise to Him. Psalm 118, verse number 19. Let's look at it together this evening. It says, Here open to me the gates of righteousness. I will go into them and I will praise the Lord. This whole passage of Scripture here, if we were to start at verse number 1 of Psalm 118 and go all the way down to the end of the chapter, it is all surrounded in trusting God and praising Him. We should praise the Lord. Verse number 20, it says, This gate of the Lord, into which the righteous shall enter, I will praise thee, for thou hast heard me, and art become my salvation." The stone which the builders refused has become the headstone of the corner. This is the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. This is the day which the Lord hath made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Save now, I beseech thee, O Lord. O Lord, I beseech thee, send now prosperity. Blessed be he that cometh in the name of the Lord. We have blessed you out of the house of the Lord. God is the Lord, which hath showed us light. Bind the sacrifice with cords, even unto the horns of the altar. Thou art my God, and I will praise thee. Thou art my God, I will exalt thee. O give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. Let's pray and we'll get into the message this evening. Heavenly Father, God, I thank you for allowing us to come together again this evening. Lord, it is so wonderful to be able to meet together on, on Sundays, Lord, not just Sunday mornings, but Sunday evenings, Lord. And I think of churches that don't have Sunday evenings, and I just think of how much do they miss out on. Lord, we miss out on, if we, if we don't have Sunday evening, we miss out on a time of praise. We miss out on a time of, of learning, of, a time of uh, opening up our hearts to the teaching of the Word of God. I pray that as we have come together this evening, I pray that all that we've done so far has been honoring and glorifying to you. Lord, I pray, I pray that our praise would have been glorifying to you and, and it would be a sweet sound into your ears, Lord. Lord, we need you this evening. Lord, I pray that you'd open up our hearts and open up our ears and open up our minds as we begin to go through what it is that you have for us this evening. Lord, we need you. I pray that my words would not be heard, but that your words would come through and that your words would uh, be what is, is heard and what uh, touches the heart today, Lord. Again, I pray that you'd have the preeminence in all things. In your name I pray. Amen. Let's skip back to the beginning of Psalm 118. 
Let's go back to the very first part. We just read uh, down to the end there where it says, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for He is good, for His mercy endureth forever. And then if we go to Psalm 118, verse number 1, Oh, that's, that looks like a pretty similar verse to me, doesn't it? It says, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for He is good, because His mercy endureth forever. That's a pretty, pretty similar verse. Uh, the psalmist here is, is trying to tell us something, and not only is he telling us something, he's also uh, obviously praising God throughout this entire psalm. But it's in here for our learning, and God has given to us the Bible for learning. So we see the psalmist here is giving us a message, but also praising God. I believe that in Psalm 118, uh, the main theme of it is not uh, uh, expressly written to us, but it's more so a psalm that was directed directly up to God. And we see here the psalmist uh, begins this prayer, or maybe this praise, or whatever it may be, by saying, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for He is good because His mercy endureth forever. Then he begins to go through quite a few different things and uh, begins to uh, uh, tell God certain things and begins to talk about trusting God and, and all of these different things. And then he talks about praising God and entering into His gates uh, of righteousness and praising the Lord and talking about how the Lord, He is God, He's my God. I'm going to exalt Him. I'm going to praise Him. And then he ends again with those words, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for He is good. For his mercy endureth forever. The psalmist says throughout this psalm that throughout this psalm that God's mercies endure forever. Again, we see uh, the grammar here is not saying uh, that his mercies endure until we do something that upsets him. It does not say here that his mercies endure as long as we give money to the church. The Bible says here that His mercy endureth forever. Forever. We are to praise Him because He never stops giving us mercy. We are to praise Him because even when we fall and even when we lose uh, a sight of what God has for us, even when, just as we talked about at the beginning of this month, we put a pause on our faithfulness, we still have a God that is merciful to us on a daily basis. Faithfulness to God means praising Him. Faithfulness to God means praising Him. If you have faith in God, or sorry, faithfulness means you must have faith in God. Faithfulness means that you must serve God in whatever way that God has for you to serve Him. Faithfulness also means that we must praise God. If we are to be faithful, if we're to be a church that is filled with faithful people and we're going to be a church that is considered faithful, then we are going to be a church that praises God. We will never be uh, a church that uh, no longer sings praise to God. Uh, you know, uh, something that has been uh, perverted in today's day and age is praise. They call something praise and worship when in reality it's four words that are sung over and over again in the same pattern. I don't know about you, I like to sing the hymns that mean something. I love to sing the hymns that I can go back to and look at the story of and see how it was written. Man, I don't know about you, I don't see many hymns nowadays that were written by a heartbroken man who had just lost his, his children and his wife said that she survived alone. And as he's passing over the place, 
that uh, she had died, he writes the words, It is well with my soul. We don't hear many songs like that nowadays. Now, there may be. I research a lot of music, and I, I, I need to be up on music. I need to know what uh, music is and, and, and the trends of what music is looking like. I like to be educated on certain things. And I know that there are songs that were written recently that were written and written entirely to praise to God. The problem that we find is that there's so many that uh, uh, praise and worship is, is the time before church. Well, uh, you know, the stragglers are coming in or the, you know, the late, you know, it's, it's, it just seems like it's not something that is as serious and as uh, uh, done for God as it used to be. Now, hey, maybe, maybe there's a group in, in some of these churches that they are, are entirely in praise to God. And that very well may, may be the case. But what I want to say this evening is that we need to make sure that our praise is for God and not for us. Our praise is to be for God. Our praise is to be for Him. Uh, our praise is not to be sung to the pastor or uh, to the, uh, the person who's sitting beside us. It is to be praised to Him. If we are to be faithful, then it means that we will praise God in the midst of our struggles. In the midst of our struggles. Praise should not be based on our current situation. That's a hard statement. And it's even harder to act on that statement. In my life, I'll tell you, uh, at the times of my lowest is the last moment of time in my life that I even want to open up a hymnal. Uh, I, it's the last moment in time that uh, I just want to start singing. When I'm, not, when I'm just having a rough day and uh, when everything seems to be going wrong, I don't want to praise. I don't want to sing praises to Him. But to be faithful, I must. To be faithful, I must. Maybe the praise is not just uh, singing, oh, victory in Jesus. Sometimes my praise can just be getting on my knees and just saying, God, thank you. God, I praise you. God, thank you for this. God, even though I'm going through a struggle right now, Lord, that I'm just, I feel like I'm dying right now. God, thank you. Your mercies are new every morning. Your mercy endureth forever. It's not always easy, but God wants to hear our praise even on our very worst day. Faithfulness is praising God even when it's hard. Psalm 118, verse number 24 says this, This is the day which the Lord hath made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. I'd like to say this this evening. You have always got something to praise God for. Always. Always. Hey, I wake up in the morning and I can't get out of bed. Well, I'm breathing, aren't I? Maybe I, I get up and, and my leg doesn't work right, and, but I, I can still praise God. I can still open up my Bible and read, can't I? Well, maybe, maybe, I, <clears throat> maybe I can't read. Maybe I'm blind or maybe I'm, I can't hear. Maybe there's just no way for me to even be able to see the words that are on the page. Well, you know, there's uh, uh, many folks who they, they are both blind and deaf. They can't hear and they can't read. But they can get Braille and 
learn how to read Braille and, and, and read that and still get the Word of God. But hey, they're still breathing, aren't they? They still woke up today. We have always got something to praise God for. I'm saved. I'm on my way to heaven. I can praise God for that. I'm here tonight. Maybe I'm not feeling great. Maybe I have a headache. Maybe I've got a cold. Maybe I'm just not feeling good today, but I'm still here. I'm still able to be at church. I'm still able to sing praises to my God. To remain faithful to God, we must remain faithful in our praise to Him. Whether it's in our song, whether it's in our service, in our written word, or, or, or just our thought, remember to praise. We see all throughout the Psalms. If you've read the Psalms before, and I know uh, many of you maybe have done studies through the Psalms. But as you go through the Psalms and you begin to hear the psalmist, he very often will begin a psalm just saying, Oh Lord, my God, I, I'm, I, I am struggling, God. I'm in the pits of despair. Uh, God, what, I don't know what's happening, but you get to the end of the psalm and it says, But I will praise you, O Lord. You are my God. I'll trust in you. Even for the psalmist, and if you know anything about uh, David and, and writing these psalms and all that he went through in his life, you know, even in Psalm chapter number 55, that's uh, one that I've studied so often as you go through that psalm, and, and just the spiritual oppression that is taking place in David's life. He is running for his life, yet he still stops, takes a moment to acknowledge God, and praises Him. He praises God. I don't know where... where the psalmist is as he's penning Psalm 118. I did not do that research tonight. But whatever state he was in, he was praising God. Maybe it was the best day of his life. Maybe he was just having a great day and he just felt like praising God. But maybe he was running for his life. Maybe he had just gotten bad news. Maybe he had just uh, uh, fallen ill with something. We don't know what the psalmist, and, and, and I don't know at this moment what the psalmist was going through uh, at this time, but he was praising God. Dear Christian, this evening we've all got stuff going on in our lives. We all have health problems. We all have uh, uh, hard times. Maybe there's family issues. Maybe it's just uh, uh, in our uh, hearts and in our minds. Maybe uh, the devil has been working extra hard and working overtime on us lately. Maybe it's just something in our home life or finances or work or whatever it may be. And we're just feeling like we don't want to praise. Maybe we're here, we're singing the songs and going through the motions and, and, and man, on our faces it looks like we're praising God, but inside is just inner turmoil. Remember today that this is the day which the Lord hath made. We will rejoice and be glad. And He's given us another day, dear Christian. He's given us another moment. Hey, I, I will take every moment that I can to praise God. I don't know when my last moment to praise God is. We've talked about this in our family, and, uh, and, and this is a, a sad thought, but you never know when the last time is that you're going to do something. You never know. 
for mothers, you never, you don't know in that moment, it's the last moment that you're going to hold your baby and burp your baby. You don't, you don't know that that's the last time. You, you don't know when uh, it's going to be the last time that your family is all together for Christmas. On Christmas Day. I remember, uh, I, there was a last time, was there not, on Christmas Day for our family. And we didn't know it. We didn't know it was the last time. You don't know when the last time you will get to come together to this exact group right here. Your pastor could drive home today and hit a, a, a patch of, uh, of deep water and hydroplane and hit a tree, and this would be the last time that we've ever met together. You don't know when the last time that you'll have a chance to do something. You don't know the last time that you're going to get to read your Bible. You don't know the last chance that you're going to get to truly praise God. Don't allow the situation in your life to keep you from praising God. Don't allow the difficulty that you're going through to keep you from praising God because you don't know when the last time is. You don't know when it's going to be the last time. We must praise God. If we're going to be faithful, we must praise Him. We have so much to praise Him for. I bet you if I was to go around the room today, and if we were to all really think about it, I know I'd be putting you on the spot, so I'm not going to do it. But I bet you if we really sat and thought about it for a minute, we could all find something to praise God for this evening. It doesn't matter what situation we're in. I'm sure there has been times in my life when I have felt like everything is, is going wrong. And everything is going wrong. Everything seems to be falling apart. And maybe in that time, I did not take the time to praise God for something. I am making decisions in my life to remain faithful to God. As I've been preaching these things and teaching these things, it has not just been something that I have been teaching you that I uh, uh, found somebody's manuscript and, and, and took their message titles and took their thoughts and put them down and started to preach them to you. These are things in my own life that I've been working on. Things in my own life that I have been studying. Things in my own life that I've needed to work on. In my own life, I think of faithfulness, and I think of uh, even just as the hymn writer wrote about at Calvary, I can look back in my own life and look at some times when I was spending my life in vanity and pride, and as I study faithfulness and begin to bring it to you all for a message, know this, that it's been something that I've been applying in my life. This idea of, uh, uh, of, of having faith has been something that God has been working on in my life. I'll say this, you can never have enough faith. This thing about putting feet to my faith. I, I keep saying, hey, I've got faith that God is going to uh, allow us to see uh, uh, whatever, 30-something souls saved this year and 12 folks getting baptized. And I think about that, and I've got faith that God will do it, but then in my own life, I'm having to apply the idea of putting faith, feet to my faith and going out there and reaching those people that I'm praying that God will allow us to see saved. 
and then my own life through difficulty and trial and tribulation and through many unknowns through all of our lives, I am making decisions to praise God no matter what. And I will tell you, it has not been easy. It has not been easy. When you make a decision in your life to praise God no matter what, you're going to all of a sudden realize a whole lot of times that you weren't praising God during rough times before, that you're like, oh man, I just made a decision. I'm supposed to be praising God right now. You know, you wake up, and, and I'll tell you, uh, uh, there's many mornings that I wake up with a splitting headache. I don't know why, but I just wake up with a terrible headache. And most of the time, in the morning when I wake up, as soon as I get up, if I don't have a headache, I turn around in my bed and I start to pray and thank God for the day, thank God for breath, and I, I, I try to praise Him first thing in the morning. And it's been difficult because uh, many mornings when I have that headache, I think, oh, I just need to go and get some coffee in me. And, and, I, and I push off my praise. But I have begun in my own life to, to, to in, the, in the idea of being faithful to God, that no matter what, no matter how I wake up in the morning, no matter what my uh, uh, mental thought process is in the morning, I stop and I praise God. Why? Because I just woke up. I'm breathing. I've gotten another day on this earth. We are not promised anything in this life, not even another day. But God gave me another day today, and I ought to praise Him for it. What does the Bible say right here? It says it in in, uh, verse number 24, This is the day which the Lord hath made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. And then down to verse number 29, O give thanks unto the Lord, for He is good. For his mercy endureth forever. Will you be faithful in your praise this evening? Will you be faithful to praise God this week? Through the difficulties and the trials and, the, and whatever that is on the docket for this week, will you praise God? Praise Him. Praise Him. Even if it means uh, you just got to stop for a second at, uh, on your lunch break or stop for a second uh, or you wake up in the middle of the night and, and praise God then. Whatever it takes, but praise God. Praise God. Fundamentals of faithfulness. Let's be sure that we are praising God on a daily basis. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, I thank you. Lord, we've had just a short time together looking at this subject this evening. But Lord, it's a subject that I know that I need to work on in my own life, praising you on a daily basis. Lord, help me to do my best to continue to praise you no matter what situation that I'm in. Lord, thank you for allowing us to come together this evening. Thank you for allowing us to sing praises to you. Lord, thank you for allowing us to hear from your word, Lord. I pray that we take it to our hearts and that we would use it and that we would praise you on a daily basis. Lord, we need you. We love you. Lord, keep us safe as we go home from this place. In your name I pray. Amen. Well, let's get our hymnals out one last time, shall we? Let's sing one more hymn together in the spirit of the message. Let's praise God one more time together. Does anybody, you know what, let's just take a favorite. Does anybody have a favorite this evening? If you don't know the number, just shout it out. We'll find it. 528, 528. Let me get there. Red red hymnal or blue, brother? Blue or red? Blue. Okay, I'm switching books. 
Five two eight. That's fine. Five two eight. Let's find it. No one ever cared for me like Jesus. Wonderful, wonderful song. No one ever cared for me like Jesus. We'll sing all three, <coughs> all three verses, five to eight together this evening. We'll give my mom just a second there to get to the page. Hymn number five to eight. Let's sing all three verses together this evening. this evening. You are dismissed. We'll see you Wednesday at 6 o'clock. God bless you.